Hi and welcome to the E3 Legs Four Wheels podcast before the podcast, I guess. It's Paul here with... Sean. And Chris. And no league, but you'll find out what he's doing when we get to the main show. Uh, we're, getting yes. it out, we're getting it out of the way and we're getting the jump cut in first. We have to do jump cut this week, really, I suppose. Yeah, seeing as we spent about 15 minutes talking about something that we didn't know if it was going to happen or not and possibly wouldn't happen and... Then within about 20 minutes of putting the microphones down, happened. It really yeah, was. Um, uh, yeah. To use one of Lee's favourite phrases, breaking time in the future on this very podcast, <laughs> we will be quite wrong. Yeah. You will, you, will know, you will know the bit when you hear it, but obviously um, it was announced today that Sebastian Vettel and Ferrari are parting company at the end of the season. Which we well, it was vaguely... announced at midnight German time last night, which was very inconsiderate of them, since we only finished the podcast. Yeah, I mean, we'd, an we'd, hour before that, we'd been talking about it, like you say, like an hour beforehand, wildly speculating about who we're putting in which team and and who's going to be teammates with who. And Alonso, then... Alonso's going to be teammate. Oh no, 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 he's not here. Jensen Button's coming back. No, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee, pipe down. <laughs> Watch my videos. Sorry. We want to make sure the views of all of the podcast are <laughs> included. The, um... Yeah, that's got that's got that out of the way. So yeah, there was there was wild, there was and for you listening to this will be wild speculation. Yeah, yeah. The uh, there's a joint statement wasn't there put out by Sebastian and Ferrari saying that they they, they kind of haven't reached an agreement and they don't intend to. That's it. That at the end of 2020, it's worth pointing this out because a lot of people are treating it like it's already happening. Is at the end of 2020, Sebastian is leaving Ferrari. Yes. That is the basic, the gist of it, really. Which at the moment, and it's going to be my the last one of these I can get in, you know, uh, he'll be gone before the start of the 2021 season, which whenever that will be, and he'll be gone at the end of the 2020 season, whatever year that's going to be in. Yes. Because 2020 might actually run into 2021. You might have a Formula E, Formula One season. Same same car, same track. Oh, the, can you imagine the crashing? No. <laughs> no, terrible idea. So, yeah, so it looks like he's off. I've got the strange feeling today, um, kind of the same feeling I had when, when Vettel announced that he was leaving Red Bull for Ferrari. Um, it was, I think that was the last massive driving. Obviously, Ricardo going from, from, from uh, Red Bull to Renault was a surprise. But this is, you know, it's a multiple world champion shifting teams. And it's just it's it's a surprise because we don't know whether he intends to retire or if he's got a seat somewhere else. And if he's got a seat somewhere else, well, that means that there's going to be some movement in the driver market. Um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, it looks like the two front runners are Carlos Sainz and Daniel Ricciardo. So I think I think the actual the smart money is on signs, isn't it? But in our poll on Twitter, the popular vote is very much Ricardo. Yeah, I think it was about I think it was nearly fifty percent of people. Oh, it um, was sixty percent when it? I jokingly voted for Giovinazzi about an hour ago. Oh right, okay, it's it's gone up since I last <laughs> looked at it. Let me. Um, I think people just like Ricardo. He's a he's a likable kind of guy. Let's have a look. Fifty nine percent for Danny Rick and twenty four percent for Carlos Sainz. Um, there's rumours on the internet, so you can probably dismiss those completely, that um, Ferrari have more or less come to an agreement with Science, and there's only a couple of things that need sorting out, and that's going to be announced within the next couple of days. Bearing in mind, we release the shows on a Wednesday now, so what's the betting Wednesday news? 
Yeah, quite possibly. Um, if it, if that is the case, I wonder how that will affect. Because um, even if the season were running, uh, we would have just had the Spanish Grand Prix, wouldn't we? This weekend just gone. Yes. Um, this is like this would be really early for anyone to announce their plans, uh, teams or drivers, um, for what they wanted to do in the, the following year. Um, so despite the fact that 2020 hasn't even started as a season yet, and we've already got the first. And it's it's a big, it's a monumental shift. It's a four-time world champion who's who's leaving Ferrari. I mean, this this, um, this is something you know you 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 don't see this. This is like um, Prost going to Williams, or a Hamilton little, yeah, going to Mercedes. Um, we, we, he'd only, he'd only won once. That's true. He had, but yeah, at the time it seemed a bit odd. Mm. But yeah, we we don't we don't know where Vettel's going to go. Um, is he going to take the seat of the driver that replaces him? Is he going to retire? Um, do we obviously, s- if, as I say, if science goes to to Ferrari as a replacement, obviously that opens up a seat at McLaren. Um, as you'll hear in the podcast, I think Lee mentioned something about the data driven approach that McLaren use being so similar to the way that Red Bull operate um, so much so that Red Bull actually took their kind of approach from um, you know McLaren um, when they took Adrian Newey on board so uh, you know the data driven thing is something that works for Sebastian Vettel and maybe this whole you know passion and love for Ferrari that they've got in Italy just doesn't work for him yeah I mean he, he is a sort of very analytical kind of I will say driver, but um, performer all round because, you know, he, he studies the lap charts, he studies the telemetry, he studies every single aspect of what he's done. And I think, you know, McLaren in that sense would be a good fit for him. Plus, there's also Andrea Seidel there now, who was at BMW when Vettel made his debut. I forget he was at BMW, yeah. In, yeah. Sorry. No, I was just was thinking out loud. He was, in a, he was in a lesser role. Yeah, he was, um, he was he was like deputy, deputy race engineer at the time, but obviously now he's uh, moved moved up the ranks and is effectively I don't know I don't know what his actual title is, but it's it's not quite team principal, but he's acting like one. Is it race director? Is that what he goes by? Well, it could it could be. Or is that what Gilda Ferran is? Think, They've got about five managers, all with a different title, none of which is the title you think it's going to be. I think Gilda Ferran is race yeah. director slash indie. Because he's overseeing the McLaren side of the team spam. Yes, that's true. But on the other hand, if a seat opens up at Renault, is that the kind of move that Vettel would make? Because obviously him and Renault have got a pretty solid history together. Like four world championships worth. Yeah, they do. I can't see if Renault managed to offload, well not offload, but if they get out of being tied to this massive Ricardo contract... I can't see them wanting to instantly go for another big name because I think they've realised that sticking all their money in the driver was a bit of a mistake. Potentially true. Um, So, I mean, could we actually see Vettel retire at the end of the season? Possibly. Possibly. I could potentially see him doing a Kimi Räikkönen-esque sabbatical. A couple of years out, come back and... Do quite well again. Just in time for new regulations. Yeah, to take, take the air out, give somebody else his seat. And in, in which case, um, who would we see as the new driver coming in? Or the old driver coming back? And I'm not talking about the Spanish one. 
Could this, You're could, talking about the Finnish one? The fit? No, no, no. Um, I'm I'm saying that it's either going to be Sainz or Ricardo that goes to Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Vettel retires, who takes the seat of that driver? And I I reckon we'll see Nico Hulkenberg back in a car next year because of this. If if Vettel goes, I think he's going to be. I think a team would take him over Fernando Alonso. I think McLaren definitely would. I don't know if Renault. And Hulkenberg necessarily had the yeah, best parting. <laughs> I don't know if either of them would really go for that again. Um, Dep- depends on how heavily they apologise. Yeah. Apologise with the wallet. Interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can see as well if Science is announced as a Ferrari driver, like what Sharm was saying before. If Science is announced as a Ferrari driver, and Danny Rick, don't forget, he had serious talk, didn't he, with McLaren? Was it 2018? By, by all accounts, he had first dibs, didn't he, on whether he wanted to stay at Red Bull, go to Renault, or go to McLaren. By all accounts, they were all interested, and he picked Renault. Yeah. So Buyer's remorse. That, yeah, great move. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can see that opening up a, opening up a seat for... Um, you know, opening up a seat at, at, at Renault more likely than than opening up a seat at McLaren. I think if if science goes, if, if science is announced in the next couple of days, I don't think it'll be too long till McLaren announce who his replacement is. Um, and yeah. then, you know, that that that's up to whoever whoever replaces, um, whoever, whoever that driver has left to to join McLaren from. I think they might be the ones uh, struggling a little bit. Yeah, which, which I don't know. It's, it's why I think there's a good chance of Hulkenberg coming back because prizing somebody out of a contract might be a little might be a little bit tricky with just the way things are this season and who you know who knows what it's going to be like uh, for the rest of the year and how long before a normal Formula One year happens, which is probably going to be 2022, which is going to be completely messed up because that's going to be the new regulations. We could be looking at three years before a bog standard vanilla Formula One season. Exciting though. Oh, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. There is always a chance as well. We don't know really what's going to happen yet with F2. There is a chance if the vacant seat is a Renault seat, they could go with Guan Yu Zhou. Yeah, or possibly even Jack Aitken, because he's still on the programme, isn't he? I imagine they'd go with Guan Yu Zhou of the two. Jack Aitken, I I feel like the window closed there a couple of years ago been really impressive in the in the esports races as well hasn't he the way he's, he's come mm-hmm. across and the way he's um you know handled him, handled himself and and obviously it's not real but it's uh pretty close as a simulation he's been a better um, driver than uh, ian poulter from off of the golf and he was genuinely very good in f2 in his rookie year yeah. last year so i yeah. think if if they can get a reasonable season and still do full super license points there's a chance he he could be eligible. Well, it looks like F2 and F3 are going to be running in Austria, which is another thing that's come out today. Good. So That would be good. We're going to have to start recording these shows on a Tuesday night, aren't we? No, not yet. <laughs> this, is, this is not how we do it. <laughs> well, no, this is... Yeah, I mean- not, normally, this is not how we do jump cuts normally. It's normally me sat at a desk into, a, <laughs> into one computer plug um, with a USB microphone rather than getting the whole podcasting gear out and doing a Skype call with Chris. Yeah, but the, the the thing with the the reason we're doing the jump cut, obviously the the, the big Vettel news, it, you, you treat it like a bit of a branch, really. Vettel leaves Ferrari, but then where does he go from there? Does he go McLaren, Renault, or retirement? Does 
you know, and we, we think it's probably going to be science taking his seat mm-hmm. at the moment. It could change. And then there's a whole merry-go-round uh, a la Daniel Ricciardo 2019. And Ricciardo could be involved in this one as well. So it's 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 going to take a while to form a, an actual, you know, uh, the, 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 the rest of the story. I get the feeling this is only the beginning of something potentially massive that's going to unfold this is when wishful. they eventually get racing. I think this is wishful thinking as well because it'll actually give us something to talk about for a couple of weeks until uh, things kick off again. Yeah, as I say, the timing is strange because it's still really early. Even you know, if it was a normal season, you would not expect a, an announcement around about Spain time, just as the European season starts kicking off. You know, pre-Monaco, where mm. it would be like, okay, well, this guy's not driving for us next year. I think, That's really early. I think part of that, though, will come into the fact that there isn't the time that contract talks would normally take place will be sort of just either just before the summer break or over the summer break. That's not going to happen. With, so once things get going, it's going to be pretty much full on race, race, I guess race. So. We're, we're, te- we're technically on the, technically on the shutdown now, which would be the summer break in a normal year. So this is when the contract negotiations would be getting mm-hmm. hammered out. Because don't forget, it's only the factories that are meant that are um, actually forced to close, not the um, not the money departments or the uh, or the marketing side of things. So that's why you do get a glut of announcements, usually round about Belgium and Italy. So if they're on shutdown now, it's the time to get the negotiations in because the guys at the top of all the teams are overseeing manufacture races anything else that's going on mm. but i mean the, the way that the the way that the whole vettel thing was playing out as, as you will hear us say later ferrari um ferrari had given him until the end of june to say yay or nay and we're only we're only in the second week in may so what they were offering and possibly by this is definite sort of speculation and conjecture here, refusing to negotiate on uh it must have been terrible it just didn't suit Sebastian, did it? Yeah. It didn't suit Sebastian. A, a single year, a single year uh, rolling deal is not what he wants. He sees that as like, you know, making him almost a number two driver, uh, which I can understand him not being happy with. But at the same time, I mean, have we? I mean, he's, he's, have we seen the best of Vettel already? He's, he's, you know, he's close with Kimi, and this is what they did to Kimi for what was it, three years on the trot, just giving him a one year deal, and. Effectively hanging him, hanging him out, and then oh, there's there's no nobody possibly better. We'll go with you again. It, I mean, Chris, your catchphrase for the first few years of the podcast was Kimmy's best replacement is Kimmy. Yeah, absolutely. And that proved to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Can't can't argue with that. But yeah, Vettel may not have wanted that to happen to him. Because I can I can imagine something like that will take your motivation away. It's going to have to, isn't it? I think as well. Um, it's just it's worth pointing out that in twenty was it twenty fourteen when it was twenty fourteen was his last season, wasn't it at Red Bull? Uh, young Danny Ricardo came in and was expected to sort you know just sit there and be a good little number two driver to the four time world champion. He wasn't. He kind of put Sebastian not in the shade as such, but statistically, you look at that season, you think, well, Ricardo won three races and Vettel won none. Um, you, you think it's a bit, you know, Daniel Ricciardo totally overshadowed Sebastian. He didn't like it. He upsticks and he went to Ferrari. 
Now, he's had the rub of the green at Ferrari. Um, as just, just before we started recording the jump cut, I was just reading uh, uh, Andrew Benson, BBC's article, where he said that even within Ferrari, they noticed that when Vettel replaced Alonso, the gap suddenly was not as big as it was over Raikkonen. You know, the, the gap had shrunk when Vettel joined. Mm. Um, yeah, so so for, there, were, there were doubters from the word go in Ferrari, which you, you don't want that. You you want to get off on the on the on the right foot straight away. But I can't think of a time, and I say this later on in the podcast as well. I can't think of a time when when I've thought at Ferrari. Vettel's going to win this championship. Yeah, as I, I and as I said last night, you could see where the fight went out of him in 2018, mm-hmm. which yeah. which was last, possible, possible la, the last closest. night and in the future. 2017. 2017. Yeah, there are two quotes. I've just been having a general scroll about the place. Two quotes that have caught my eye. Um, Helmut Marco mm-hmm, um, has been speaking to the German media. See what you did there. Yeah. Um, and he s- has been saying that they Red Bull would be interested in signing Vettel, but can't have him and Verstappen because they can't afford them both. So that's... So they're not interested then? They're inter- I think. I think what they're saying, it, it sounds to me that a bit like pre-contract it- bargaining with Verstappen, where they're saying to him, well, sign this or we'll just replace you with Vettel. Yeah, I think that's... I, I don't think... I mean, yeah, would, would that, for, would wild far. speculation. Would Ferrari um, come in and wave all the money at Red Bull? Maybe. And and also, Toto Wolff, um, he has been talking as well. He said that uh, Mercedes must take Vettel's exit into consideration when deciding on their future driver lineup. And once again, it's squeaky bum time for Valtteri. <laughs> it would be... He can't catch a break. <laughs> it would be not career suicide, but it would be pretty bad for Vettel, a pretty bad move, I think, for Vettel to go to Mercedes. Um, not for the lack of success, but because of how well-founded that team is at the moment already. Uh, around Lewis Hamilton, he's been there. This is his, this would be what his eighth season in that team, uh, where he's won five world cha- uh, six world championships, five of no, them, five, five world, five of them. Five, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so many we've lost count. Five, five of them for Mercedes. Yeah, five world championships since he joined Mercedes. Uh, you know, and and even the year that he didn't win, his teammate won that year. So the team knows how to win a world championship. That would be very difficult for Sebastian Vettel to put himself up against Lewis Hamilton in the same car. And I think he'd end up with probably a worse problem than you have with that than Rosberg and Hamilton together. Um, that would that would effectively hand the title to the third fastest car on the grid. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, they, they don't want that to happen. But I think... You can look at it from a, like a like a different perspective as well, and say Vettel's departure. Obviously, they have to keep an eye on it. They don't want um, someone like McLaren, I wouldn't imagine, or um, Renault offering George Russell a seat, you know, a, a race seat in a slightly more competitive car if there's not going to be a seat for for him at Mercedes. So that 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 might be, you know, it might be, it might not be as direct as A to B as as we're thinking. It might be A to A to P via many different other letters. I think it's just professional shit stirring, but I quite like how participating everyone has been. 
there are a lot of F1 team principals that are great at professional shit stirring. It's <laughs> <laughs> all they've got going on at the moment, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, this, this, I think we're, we're breaking our record for the longest jump cut ever that we've done. Yeah, I think, I think we have. Um, so for the patrons, you, you have this as a separate show and for everybody else, um, it's the main show and, uh, you can listen out to, well, where we were wrong or right. We were wrong. At the time we thought we were making some kind of sense that is that is true as as it turned out hindsight is always 2020 and within an hour our predictions were completely up the spout um right either thank you for thank you for your patreon donations or enjoy the podcast or both uh we'll see you next week maybe unless signs signs if signs if signs signs we're getting the podcast gear out again and we're sorting something out for later in the week okay (laughs) (laughs) well you got anywhere else to go uh work but, but not not after tomorrow. It'll be an, it'll be on an evening. We'll yeah, see, of course. We'll see you later. <laughs> we think. Okay. Bye bye. 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 Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 Sim Racing Lockdown. I'm going to really keep dragging this um, introduction out for one bit longer every week. Podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, Lee. At least we did that bit concisely. <laughs> How are we all this week? Reasonable. Okay, I'm back yeah. at work, part time, but I'm back at work. Oh, you, you're you're allowed into people's houses, offices. Yeah, yeah, all sorts. Uh, been in people's houses today. They're, everybody's been very good, very understanding. They've uh, kept their distance. I've kept mine. I have to. I have to wear these strange black gloves, which kind of make me look like um, the body snatcher or something. <laughs> but. Um, because I wear black anyway for work, so I'm, you know I've got black black polo shirt, black jeans, and I'm going into people's houses with black vinyl gloves on. It looks a bit weird. Like a Check, or they're Check gonna, out all black everything. Or they're going <laughs> yeah. to expect you to deliver a box of chocolates and then bugger off through the window. Only if I wore a black jumper. But you know, so it's been bit, pretty warm today, so I didn't I didn't wear it. <laughs> Nothing with sleeves. I I have the purple variant of those gloves to go shopping in. Nice. So you're like '90s Undertaker. Yeah, very much so, actually. (laughs) (laughs) To the point now where, regardless of the safety requirement, I might fray the edges at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I also uh, decided, because I was going back to it, I mean, it was warm. Isle of Man warm, you know, at least 20 degrees on Saturday. And uh, it was, my head was itching because I haven't had a haircut for so long that I decided to cut my own hair yesterday. No. How's that gone? Really well. (laughs) Surprisingly really well. I watched a YouTube video and thought, you know what? I don't don't need to watch a YouTube video. I've had a whole lifetime of sitting in front of mirrors whilst other people cut my hair. I think I know what I'm doing. And I just did it and it was fine. I'd go go careful watching a YouTube video and deciding that's the way to go. Look what happened to Lee after his first. Hey. <laughs> and I'm not talking haircuts, I'm talking flat earth, 5G. Yeah, one YouTube video later, my world has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Chris, you now have the same haircut as David Icke. No, no, I definitely don't. No, I, uh, I shaved the sides, but I kept it long on top, mm-hmm. and I, I like it. I'm going to carry on shaving the sides and keeping it long on top. Um, well, it's been 
Has it been? It's been a year since my last haircut, anyway. So Blimey. all this, all this lockdown, lockdown haircuts. I'm not noticing the difference. Wait, hang on. Does that mean it's been a year since your interview at the place where you now work? Um, it's been a year since they gave me a date for the interview at the place that I now work. There was a little bit of a delay between getting the interview date, getting the interview, and I didn't even start yeah, the job it, until September. It took six weeks once they started cutting your hair to finish. <laughs> that may have had something to do with it as well. <laughs> But it's good though, isn't it? It's good being back at work. I'm I'm enjoying being back at work. I I don't mind it. I had quite a good day today. Um, yeah. It's nice to see that people, you know, fr- from one day's experience. I did half a day last week and and a full day today. Um, it's nice to see that that people don't appear to be affected by not spending money. They're they're still quite happy to just be like, oh yeah, well we needed these 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 blinds anyway, so just we'll just go ahead and buy them. So okay, fine. <laughs> Uh, which works well for us. Hopefully, we'll be back to full time work soon. Um, obviously, things, things will like be that tough as well. For... People spending more time at home are like, yeah. oh yeah, that needs fixing. That needs sorting out. Oh, hopefully, Lee, Lee will get that as well. Like people will be like, this needs decorating. Call in the decorator. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I found it's given um, a bit of much needed perspective. If when you're in the house too much uh, and you're watching, like whatever fucking horror porn is being shoved down your throats from the television it's very easy to get yourself into this sort of spiral of doom stop watching the news that's what i did <laughs> yeah ab- absolutely i i i couldn't agree more um i mean talk, talking about sort of being at home and noticing things that need changing i want to burn burn our living room curtains but unfortunately they would be very expensive to replace because they they're on the inventory for the place that we're in and they are also are quite massive. They are they are massive and they are they are nasty. Do they ever get closed? No, because they're a hassle. So yeah, so you don't even need them. No, to no. Burn. no. I mean, you'd have to climb over the sofa and then move a table and move the cat tree out of the way, and that's they're fucked anyway. Because Dizzy's ripped half the tassel off. Yeah, that <laughs> that really hasn't helped. If anyone wants a picture of these infamous curtains. <laughs> get a life but I, I can supply one if you want it <laughs> if you if if you're sat there right now listening to this podcast thinking i want to see those curtains have a fucking word with yourself <laughs> go watch a youtube video and learn a new skill some, some people are deep 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 in the isolation learn how to cut your own hair i've done it it's fine All right, i'm not it's sure okay. that's better <laughs> I I drunkenly tried to shave my head once, but um, it was with an electric shaver and it kind of all got tangled up. And I, 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 I might not have been sober when I did it. And I thought I'd sod this and left it on the kitchen floor with a big mat of hair all round it. My mother got up the following morning and thought it was some kind of rodent that had come into our kitchen and died. <laughs> <laughs> I got woken up by the scream and then I thought, I think I've got some explaining to do here. Yeah, I mean, I've had long hair in the past, and my hair wasn't particularly long on Saturday, um, but I was surprised at the amount of hair that actually came off my head when I when I started, you know, putting the clippers to, to my head. It was it was interesting. I think. The amount of hair that's on the floor after a haircut, it's always it's always like spilling a pint. You know, you can have like 
half an inch taken off your hair and there'll be enough to make a carpet with, you'll spill a pint and all of a sudden, between the glass and the floor, it turns into five pints of liquid. Oh, it's yeah, in, in the same way is that you can like just knock your cup of tea and f- as far as visual level nothing is out of the cup it looks mm-hmm. the same volume as it was before but there is tea everywhere that on the table <laughs> <laughs> yep and um, one for our uh, british only listeners uh, don't spill your sports direct mug full of tea because you will flood your local to village be fair, that is like five pints though Fucking hell! Is, yeah. Isn't that isn't that what happened in Th- in Thailand with the tsunami? Well, I did I did mention that um, I that was a friend of mine, the acquaintance that owns an autograph shop, who spilt an entire mug of hot, sugary, milky sports direct mug tea onto his laptop, and he asked me if I could salvage it. I had to take it apart over a bucket. Because half of it was still in the laptop when it made it round here. That's <laughs> that that's not it's not salvageable at all. <laughs> anyway, should we talk Formula One soon as we're uh, veering off into uh, into we... absolute rot? Yeah, we can try. We can try because again, there has been some sort of developments. Although the latest one, according to the BBC, it's not looking good for Silverstone because well, they're being a bit of a set of arseholes. Are they being assholes, or are they just? being trying to play trying to play the advantage given the given the current circumstances which you could give, also argue is is assholery <laughs> i i'm with flood given the fact that uh formula one has been a arseholes to silverstone for quite some time yeah, i think it's definitely some kind of negotiation tactic yeah, yeah. I mean, the F1 haven't been as fair to Silverstone as is possible, but I mean, the situation stands at the moment. This comes from Andrew Benson at the BBC. Um, Silverstone is ready to host two races on the 19th and the 26th of July, being the third and fourth races of, the, of this new season, if it goes ahead. Uh, but they want £15 million for it, which is their normal race fee that they pay to Formula One for hosting the British Grand Prix. So essentially they get two races for free um, and they see it as kind of uh, that's how we help out the Formula One season by help, by holding an extra race mm. and moving things around to accommodate F1. So we should do, we should have it for free. And F1 are a little bit like, mm, that's kind of taking advantage of the circumstances at the moment. That's a really wrong thing to do. We may look elsewhere. Well, I mean, I can I can see one side of things why Silverstone will want to bring some money in because I mean they're the promoters, you know, the uh, the track and the BRDC are one, pretty much one and the same because the BRDC on the circuit and they are the, they are the British Grand Prix promoters, so they're the ones that make yeah. a profit from the ticket money, which isn't going to be happening this year because these are going to be behind closed doors races because we're looking at no no yes. sport with attendance until I'll go for. Much further on down the road. It's interesting, though, what, what the British government was saying about some professional sports returning from the first of June. I mean, it's it's conditional at the moment, but they've they've put a kind of date on it. Mm. You know, which that that gives something to aim for, which is good. So stay indoors, and you'll get to stay indoors more to watch sport on TV. Mm. It's what we <laughs> specialise in. <laughs> You know, the sport's going to be on, but the sports bars aren't going to be open until July or August. June. Probably probably later than that. 
I th- I think June, end of, uh, June, uh, June to end of June. No, the, government, the government, have, government have already said that the hospitality industry is not reopening until July. Where? Over here or in England? In England. All oh, right. Oh, I think June over here, I think, yeah, J- July in the UK. Yeah, I mean, we're ahead. The Alaman is kind of ahead of, ahead of the curve in, uh, in terms of lockdown and coping with the crisis than the UK is. Yeah, I mean, our, our construction sector went back two, two and a bit weeks ago, and UK has just gone back today. So that's sort of yeah. roughly the difference at the minute. But um, anyway, yeah, what it, what it looks like is that Silverstone are trying to make up for the revenue that... All oh, right, they when they set the fees and set the budget, they had taken into account a British Grand Prix weekend, which brings in far and away the most money on an event basis that Silverstone and the BRDC actually get. So they budgeted based on that. And with them not getting the ticket revenue, then are they trying to push for, well, we'd have, we, we would have earned X amount through hosting the Grand Prix? It still costs to host it as well. They're still going to have to have staff at the circuit for various bits and pieces. They're still <clears> going to have to maintain the circuit. They're still going to have to go through all the sort of safety checks they would do and all that all that jazz. True. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, Yeah, it's not just, oh, we've got a racetrack. It's, you know, come along and play. There's there's a lot of work goes into that. Oh, yeah. But is it going to is it going to cost them seven and a half million a race to uh, to put all that on? I possibly think not. F1 have said that they would cover all the costs and not leave the circuit out of pocket, which that is that is, you know, that's more than fair enough. It's not fair not, enough, not, I... not really. It is a business, isn't it? Not leaving some out, someone out of pocket isn't exactly giving them a profit. Yeah, no, I mean, but, over, but, over the... but F1's also a business, and you know they're, they're both they're both trying to. Do it. That's why it, it's a bit of push and pull, um, mm. and it's, it's it is a bit silly. But I feel F one F one needs the circuits right now more than the circuits need F one. I don't the know. Circle... I think this is part of F, of Silverstone's point, though, is that probably F one will be one of their big paydays for the year. It probably subsidizes a lot of the other stuff they do. So they yeah. probably do need F1. Uh, yeah, and the, the thing the thing is though, F1 are quite prepared, and they've they've already announced that you know they're looking at circuits that weren't on the calendar this year. Uh, Hockenheim Including, and Imola, uh, Hockenheim yeah. and Imola have been mentioned, and there was, there was uh, another Portimao. Yes, that was that was the other one that I couldn't somewhere remember. Somewhere else, I think, but I can't remember. Spain. I think it was what? one of the other Spanish ones. Talk amongst yourselves. I will re-Google. Was this. it? It could could have been Hareth or Valencia. I think it might have do, been Hareth. Do we think that? I mean, that at least I know for Formula One used to test, didn't they? They used to go to Hareth to test. But yes. um, is it? Does it not seem, given the sh- short notice that Formula One's under for this season, does it not seem be a bit beyond the pale that they're going to go to circuits they've never been to? Let's. This is, this let's is go. coming from the Chase Carey. Yeah, but like, think about this: like when. Um, when Michelin got the tire pressures wrong, for instance, uh, Indianapolis, um, these are these are circuits that haven't been on the calendar since before Pirelli even supplied tires. Yeah, it is tricky. Mm. I I would think damn near impossible like, I mean, to do, do it. Do, could they do? Could they do a team tire test beforehand though? 
I mean, don't, for, don't forget, though, Indianapolis was a little bit of an outlier because that had far and away the steepest banking of any circuit that oh, F1 had ever, you know, F1 had ever been to since the Racing Drivers World Championship used to have a round at the Indy 500. Yeah, it's, it's an extreme... And Monza. It's an extreme it's an extreme comparison. But don't forget, you talk about circuits here that the teams haven't even got correlated with their, their sim rigs. But none of them have, so it would be a it would be a level playing field. Or dangerous. Yeah, or entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, I think would... a lot of the circuits will be loaded up onto onto the professional professional sim rigs. This is a question for for our, our last week's guest Matt to answer, oh. really, I suppose, isn't if, it? If, you, if, you're, if you're on, if you're on, um, sure if you're on the Discord be. chat, Matt, let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they sure they would be. But if you haven't ran real world cars around those circuits, I mean, obviously Hockenheim's different. You know, they could they could easily run at Hockenheim <laughs> because it's only just been off the calendar for a few years. Yeah, but they were going to. But, uh, but Zandvoort, um, Hanoi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. You know, true. The, the, you know, there were going to be two new circuits on the calendar this year if everything had gone to plan. The, mm. you know, you've not held a race before, you've not had a test before. All that's been run at Zandvoort was a few demonstration laps in a variety of Red Bulls. Malaysia yeah, no, is the other one fair. as well that's been mentioned, and that's only been off the calendar for a couple of years. And I don't think there's been any real change there, so that should be fine. Don't get me wrong; I'd love to see. Formula One cars on circuits we haven't seen them on before or for a while. But it just seems that because this is all so short notice, I mean, you know, we're rapidly uh, we're rapidly approaching halfway through the year and we're going to start a season of motorsport. Yeah. It'll be but, fine. But, um, you know, as is the case this year, you, you, you make do. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it, there is. There's going to be a lot of thinking on feet, I suppose. Definitely. You know, I mean, we decided to start doing the podcast over Skype with an hour's notice. It's not oh about, yeah, it's, 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 it's exactly it's, the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's the danger that I can't see that look in your eye when you're going to say something blatantly offensive and try and cut you off. And, uh, <laughs> but to, to make it feel better, that you can't see me playing with my nuts. <laughs> And we're all thankful. No, but we heard <laughs> we heard the packet crinkling before you still before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's, I think, that's this week. I think this is the, this is the thing, isn't it? The I'm uh, I'm just desperate for some sort of motorsport, and there's a little bit of me wants to start getting excited, but. I don't get excited in case it doesn't happen. Well, there's IndyCar um, is coming. I'm going to say IndyCar's coming at the start of June. Is uh, IndyCar closed circuit or are they going to have fans there? I think it's closed it's circuit. Clo- at first, close closed circuits, it? yeah. To be reviewed sort of as they mm. as they go, I think, like, and, uh, track by track. And NASCAR is starting on Sunday, where apparently they're going to run one race every three hours for the next millennium. Oh, yeah, the, the, well. They're doing something like ten, 10 races in a week or seven Jeez. races in 10 days. Not just the NASCARs. They're going to have the um, Xfinity Series and the uh, the redneck pickup yeah. trucks as well. Yeah. But, the, the, <laughs> but they're, do, they're doing an extra race at the Roval, so that counts as a real race. Jesus. <laughs> That's what we're counting as a real race. Well, uh, Charlotte Roval. I mean, it's got yeah. it's got left and right. Oh wow! <laughs> Sometimes on the same corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go right on a lefty oval, you are in the wall. 
Yeah, I found that out playing iRacing quite a bit over the last few days. But anyway, we'll move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's it's looking it's looking touchy for Silverstone, but we've still not had the anything close to a planned calendar yet from F1. I know we've still got a bit of time because everything's going to kick. Everything should be kicking off in Austria on the fifth of July, which is um, I want to say nine weeks away. That would sound about right. So, I mean, you know, this time in nine weeks' time, we'll be doing a preview show. Where we'll be doing it, I've got no bloody idea. Um, but we've got the 9th and, and 12th in Austria. And from then on, it is anybody's guess at the moment. And we have wildly speculated. And we'll probably continue to do so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I put that calendar out, didn't I, a couple of weeks ago, and we've had we had some responses, and they were all fairly sensible. There were nothing, you know, too outlandish. I don't think uh, no one in had the like responses a race that on came the moon back or anything. No, no, no. That's there was no mention of the uh, Icelandic Grand Prix. No, that's a shame. Oh, MotoGP's cancelled the uh, cancelled the Finnish race. Oh, the, the Kimi uh, Ring. The, the Kimi Ring. Different spelling. So we won't get to, won't get to see that until next year. Uh, right, one other thing that's actually come through today is um, Williams have made a new senior appointment. They now have a managing director of Formula One, and it's the ex-head of operations from McLaren, Simon Roberts. Is this Claire Williams giving up some of her responsibility to somebody else, and would a new pair of eyes and a new brain in that team be just what they need? I think it's what they needed two years ago. It does feel a little late. You, you can you can assign a new fucking engineer to the Titanic, but when it's left shore, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but Paddy Lowe did say that building a Formula One car these days is very complicated. He did prove <laughs> yeah. that, to be fair to him. He, he did seem yeah. to display that. From the looks of things, um, the new director, Simon Roberts, he's taking on a lot of what Paddy Lowe was meant to be doing. He looks like he's taking over the managing of the whole team, which to me says that Claire's now not going to be doing anything. Well, but other than a print, other than deputy principal in name, much like her father is principal in name. Yeah, because he's going to be overseeing technical operations, planning, racing, and factory, and will also take over all responsibility for the car design and development process. Also, yeah, he's the managing director of the Formula One team. Yeah. Also, it's um, like actually, actually stating the like the job title as managing director seems like an odd title in Formula yeah, you One. Don't you get don't get a lot of them. Yeah. So to me, that feels like a new title, or not a new title, because obviously it's a we, we know where a managing director is. But um, it seems like something that's been slotted into that team to save Claire's blushes. I think because obviously they can't have a, a non Williams just come out as team principal uh, when Claire's been under so much fire and quite rightly so for uh, the last few years. Um, so I, I think that's just to deflect like criticism away from her. Yeah, it it could be. I mean, Paddy Lowe ended up being being the fall guy for yeah. every everything that was going going on. Whether he was responsible for what had happened or not is a matter for conjecture because nothing, nothing's been publicly stated. 
I think though, when you've got when you've got some someone like but he, him but he, that, but he was goes, he was missing his family. Yeah, but when you got someone like him that goes, uh, you got someone like uh, Rob Smedley, which basically threw in the towel with the team. It feels, um, you know, it's I I I find it hard to blame Paddy in this situation. Netflix's editing team did not find it hard to blame Paddy. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they didn't. They did. and also, but also, when it comes to Rob Smedley, I, I think I think he was he was actually, if I remember rightly, quite honest about his departure from the team. He said the philosophy that he had and the other management had in the team just didn't match. So he felt yeah. he had to leave because. Um, he didn't think that the he didn't believe that the team was heading in the right direction, so he felt he had to go, which is perfectly reasonable. And now he's part of you know Formula One's main setup. You know, as um you know the what is he part of Ross Braun's advisory team? Yeah, he's on the I think he's on um some the um strategic operations side of things. Or the team that like looks that. for loopholes in the rules. Yeah, I think he, I think he might be. I think Ross Braun's sort of grooming him as the next cheat finder in chief, which you know would be a role that suits Rob Smedley to the to the ground. You would have thought he's a, he's 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 not exactly a people person, much like Ross Braun's not exactly you know the, the the most the most chatty person in the world when it comes to you know what what's gone on you know before a race after a race you'll get you'll get the cold hard facts and then that's about it you don't get you don't get much shells from from Rob Smedley but that's that makes him perfect for the job do you know what i mean it's it's not it's it's, it's not necessarily uh, i i think he made the right decision when he left williams and to be under Ross Braun's wing in the role that he's in now is you, I, I couldn't imagine him doing anything else. To be perfectly honest, you know, outside of outside of managing his own team, Smedley F one. Yeah, I mean, you, you couldn't you couldn't see him you couldn't see him as a team principal for any other team because you, you, he's not one to play the media game. And if you're a team principal, you have to. I don't. Yeah, you, you have to do the um, yeah, diplomatic thing. Um, yeah, just look at what happened between Ted and him, you know, at the uh, Silverstone race where you know Williams didn't win the race. No, I thought there was going to be a uh, fight. I was, I was, con- I was convinced Smedley was going to take a swing at Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to admit, he's somebody that I wouldn't like to get on the wrong side of. No, maybe we'll get to ask him one day exactly what what got his back up so much about that. <laughs> <laughs> If we do ever get the chance to talk to him, that is that that question has got to be uh, has got to be at the top of the list. <laughs> How much did you want to punch Ted Kravitz on that day in 2015? God, was it that long ago? That would sound about right. God. According to his LinkedIn page, by the way, uh, Rob Smedley is chief engineer at Formula One. Okay. That feels slightly that, inflated that of what he actually is, but. <laughs> Who am I to judge? <laughs> yeah, but don't forget, Scotty was. Maybe cheap. he's one of these people who doesn't update his LinkedIn profiles very often. Scotty I don't even have one. I had, I had one, and I got rid of it because I realised it was rubbish. I think I signed up, decided it looked like too much of a hassle, and immediately deleted my account before putting anything into it. <laughs> I think I did the same thing. <laughs> all I can say with chief uh, role as chief engineer is Scotty was chief engineer on the Enterprise, and all he did was like bring people on board and send them off again. So he, he was effectively the taxi driver. 
Yeah, and I know they really didn't want the Star Trek joke to happen, but I was not letting it go. Um, where are where are we now? Ah, yes, the Concord Agreement. That's um, that is still up for renewal at the end of this year. When when was it last not up for renewal? Because it feels like it's been going on for a while. Well, that's that's the thing because the 2021 regulations, and I'm not going to make that joke again, were all to be brought in at the start of the new Concord Agreement, which is why they were bringing the budget cap in at the same time and various other various other financial regulations because in the current current concord agreement um these these things can't happen and obviously this is this is the one that's got to be signed and agreed to by all of the teams so it runs out runs out this year which is why the budget cap starts at the end of this season but the new technical regulations obviously they've decided to hold them back so that the 2020 cars run for two full years just as a money saving exercise um, F1 say that it's on the back burner, but it's gonna it's gonna have to be something once racing actually resumes that they're gonna have to sit down with the teams and thrash out, because regardless of all the Ferrari quit threats that we've had, I'm talking about the most recent glut of Ferrari quit threats over the budget cap, which now appears to all be resolved this week. Yeah, <laughs> so. The, the latest in the ongoing series of um, quit threats. The thing is, it could, it could get to the end of this season and with no actual legally binding agreement in place, all the teams, could, or the teams that can afford it could say, sub the budget cap, we're not signing up to anything, but you need us more than, uh, more than we need you. And this is... It's always around Concord Agreement time. We get the threat of a breakaway series. Now, would, would any of the teams, do we think, be daft enough to actually look at setting up a breakaway for next year if they, um, if their foot stamping doesn't get what they want in no. the bit of paper that's going to be their rules for the next five or six years? No. They're, they're, all that will happen is they'll, they'll, they'll argue it'll get blown out of proportion and it'll be deferred until because the rules aren't changing properly until... 2022, so it'll just get deferred. But the problem, the problem, a lot of hot air blowing around. Christian Horner will have a lot to say. (laughs) 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 Most of it revolving around customers buying a Red Bull car off them, and every other word being Max. (laughs) (laughs) Or Daniel realizes he's made a mistake now. Yeah, that's more likely. Yeah, that's. I did. I saw something the other day. I can't remember what it was in. It may have been Autosport or not, but apparently it's now crisis time for Ricardo because of his overly high contract with Renault that, um, you know, he's now been there a year and a half and he's not delivered. To be fair, the last few months are not really on him. <laughs> yeah, this article was trying to phrase it that um, it was his fault that he hadn't got a podium this year. What what did you read that? What article was it? The Beano. <laughs> uh, you, you know the, the only the only article I read of that was was Renault actually saying that they don't have an option on him for next year. Um, yeah, they've got no option. They're going to have to get rid if he gets well, a, if he gets a better offer. Unless he wants to stay. Yeah, yeah. Don't know where he's going to go though. The whole. Um... Hamilton potentially taking a break slash going to Ferrari slash Vettel going to Mercedes thing has resurfaced this week. 
Yeah. Oh, not again. Is, is, is Vettel going to Mercedes. I read the rumours of Vettel going to McLaren. Oh, is that another one as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I quite a hot contested board, one. I think. Vettel to McLaren and maybe Carlos Sainz back the other way. Ah. So there could there could um, be I, a reshuffle coming. I I, think I, I honestly don't think anyone's Vettel. going anywhere for next year. Um, I don't know. I reckon. Uh, I I think Vettel will go somewhere because I don't think he want to do one year at Ferrari. Especially because because all of the um, contracts are up, if he's going to get himself anywhere, it's going to be like this year if he's going to get himself away from Ferrari. Uh, and I I think he'd be a good, I think he'd be a good fit in McLaren. Well, according to Sky Italy earlier on today, and I want to thank Alessandro for sending this in on a tweet. Uh, Ferrari offered a one-year renewal, and they want an answer from him by the end of next month. One-year re- renewal, and apparently his wages were down to twelve million from what twenty-eight. Oh no! How will he cope on twelve million? I've no idea. <laughs> but um, is he? I like. I, I know this isn't going to be a particularly like popular opinion, but for McLaren. Um, I think, I think between the two of them, between Science and Vettel, I think will another like a world championship for either of them is highly unlikely. The way I think some of the drivers that are around are coming up, and the drivers that are at the top uh, right now, you know, it's I, I think it's unlikely. I do believe that there's more chance of Vettel winning another world championship than there is of Carlos Sainz winning a world championship. Well, funny you should mention in that. Ferrari. Just, no, just in general, I think there's more chance of Vettel winning a championship than Carlos Sainz becoming a world champion. Well, the guy from the guy from Sky Italia says that if Vettel doesn't sign, Sainz, Sainz should be their next move. Oh, no, I, I, think he, I think he will be. But, I mean, as far I'm looking at this from McLaren's, side because there's clearly a relationship breakdown with Ferrari so I think a move for Vettel would be the best thing for Ferrari and Vettel but regardless of that as far as what who McLaren are better off getting I think there's more chance of a Vettel world champion than there is of a science I, th- I think science is a perfectly good driver but I don't see him ever being anything more than a race winner and David Coulthard style, like level driver. I think I think Sainz and Vettel in the same car. I think would see possibly something similar. They, I think they'd probably both put each other off. I think Sainz would be too, like Ricardo was in the year that Ricardo was Vettel's teammate. But I also think Vettel would be too dominant, like Verstappen was, when Verstappen was Sainz's teammate at Toro Rosso. I think they'd kind of grate on each other. I mm. also I think maybe if we got if Vettel got himself out of Ferrari we, that might be the only way to drop crashy Vettel uh, to, and allow him to refocus because we've said all along that he he enjoyed the sort of data driven like like militant way that Red Bull would go racing which was a very McLaren-esque way of going racing where he just doesn't seem to have gelled with Ferrari, I think McLaren would be much more 
what he what's in his head of how a Formula One team operates. Yeah, I can see that that kind of logic um, working for Vettel. But what would be interesting is obviously we're we're, we're thinking it's probably going to be Sainz moving out if Vettel would move to McLaren. Um, what would be interesting then would be to see the teammate battle between Lando Norris and Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Lando would essentially be, you know, having been at the team longer, would be not not the number one driver, but you know, he'd Settled. be almost yeah, yeah, almost expected to to put Vettel away. Yeah, but you know, we are talking about a four-time world champion here who's been a little bit out of sorts since the turbo hybrid era came around. Um, you you know, he won some races. Um, but in all honesty, he's not really been in a championship fight. Never has he been in a championship fight where you've actually thought Vettel can win this world title. I, I can't remember that anyway. No, I mean, no. I'm sure if we listen, listen to previous podcasts, I'm sure I probably said that at some point. But um, I can't think now of a time where I thought Vettel's going to win this world title you know, in a Ferrari. Just to have never thought it. Um, up until he started the, the year he drove into Hamilton at Baku. 2017. Um, the work. Yeah, the way that the way that year started for Vettel, I thought he was going to win world championship that year because he he it just looked so strong, didn't it? And then it just slowly unraveled like block by block for him. Yeah, it was that. There was the German Grand Prix, and I think there was another one in there somewhere. Something went tits up, and I think yeah. I, I think after his crash in Germany, that you, you could actually see the fight going out of him. I I think so. It's it definitely there's something there's something not right there, and it. Uh, this is why I don't want him to leave the sport because I mean I I know I say nice things about Vettel most of the time, but I it, I'm not I'm not what you call a, a Vettel fan. What, what no, I, we know you prefer do, you prefer Charles Leclerc. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the uh, well, maybe that's it. Maybe the enemy of me, my enemy, is my friend, but. Um, the the thing with him is like he is a four time world champion. I don't believe somebody can win four world championships just off the strength of being given the best car, because I think at some point if it is just them winning, um, because of the car, their teammate would have given them another uh, like a, a better run for their money. There's like. Mark Webber was a perfectly good Formula One driver and in a different situation could have been a world champion. Um, Vettel's one of the best drivers that Formula One's ever seen, but it's just it's it, it's hard to remember that at the moment. I'll tell you what would be interesting about a Norris Vettel teammate dynamic, though, the social media. What there'd be some from one side and none and from the nothing. other. Yeah, could you imagine Lando on one of his Twitch streams ringing up Vettel for advice? Yeah, Lando, no. Lando, Lando, don't don't talk to me now. I'm creosoting the shed. I mean, the funny thing would be that Lando would have to like ring Seb's landline and hope he was in because he doesn't have a mobile, and he doesn't have an answering machine either. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just going to page. He's, not been, he's not been able to buy the tapes for it for years. <laughs> <laughs> when he got his Ferrari, he asked where the cassette deck was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot. I, I also, 
I, I sorry, just I, I love the fact that um, with very little fanfare, um, Vettel got himself a sim rig and turned up to the Legends R race the other week, didn't he? Which just goes to show that you can actually do iRacing on dial-up. <laughs> with, <laughs> with with no, no yeah, like you say, like no announcement, no like here comes Vettel. It's just, it was just like he was just there. Yeah. <laughs> Hiya. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton has actually said that there's, um, he sees no point in um, doing the amount of sim racing that all all the current or most of the current drivers are doing, because it's nothing like it is in real life. Because you can't feel it through your backside. Uh, that's fair. That's fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But he, at the same time, he'll, he's going to feel pretty stupid if if the Formula One season starts and he's off the pace and everyone else is on it. <laughs> Is that not what he does in his off-season anyway, though? He just fannies about on yachts and stuff with the models and then turns up and is smashing the shit out of everyone anyway. Yeah. No, 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 that's, what, much, that's what he does yeah. during but the off-season I mean, with the models. A, the models, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a longer off-season, though, isn't it? So it's, a, yeah. you know... Yeah, I mean, if the guys who are doing the iRacing is, is something that is going to put them... I'm not saying and is it I'm not saying it's definitely giving them an advantage. I'm just saying if it's gonna be something that keeps them sort of, you know, talking to each other, like Alban, Russell, Leclerc, you know, they're all they're all doing their own um you know, their own individual races in which they're which they're streaming. Some of them are quite funny. But the um you know, and you see Charles Leclerc being dressed as a giant banana. Yeah, Lando and Carlos have got their own things and, and you know, Lewis not doing it might have a psychological effect more than he thinks perhaps i don't know i think it's an interesting one to look it, at. i think him doing it would have the negative psychological effect i think one of the one of the things hamilton has got over the other drivers is um the fact that he separates himself from essentially the sport outside outside of doing it um and if he was to come in and be laughing and joking with the other guys. He'd just be another driver at the moment. You know, he's he's the only driver since um, like Schumacher and would we say maybe Alonso as well, which has had that like aura about them. You know, where they they feel a cut above the rest of the field. And I I think if he was to start joining in with with that sort of thing, it might take that away from him. Yeah, because you mean. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say with Schumacher. I think with with Alonso, it's, hard, it's really hard to tell with him because obviously for the last few years he's just been non-stop promoting the brand and turning up everywhere and making a name for himself. You know, the um, the car track owner, the development team owner. Yeah. And, no, I, I, I just meant well. Cycling team owner and of course hat salesman. But no, I meant just while he was racing. You know, even even at the back of the grid, um, Alonso still had that aura about him. You know, it's where he, if it, if you forgot he was special for a split second, he was damn sure going to put you straight on it. Type aura. Yeah, I mean, um, that that is seen by some as arrogance because I mean Schumacher was always seen as being. Arrogant. Oh, abso- absolutely! I, I, I totally. Which, which, like, which I wouldn't. Which I'd, which I'd say was a, a, an unfair description. Aloof, yeah. Arrogant, I don't think so. I know. I think arrogance and confidence are uh, 
the only the only difference between arrogance and confidence confidence is what you think of that person if you're a fan of that person you will think it's confidence if you don't like them you're going to think it's arrogance it's exactly the same thing i don't know i thought i thought, I thought schumacher was a was a fantastic driver but he did have the occasional arrogance about him yeah i i, I thought he was arrogant as well yeah but schumacher was like incredibly him. arrogant but he had yeah. the results to back it up yeah yeah uh, and like you can, apart from the, apart from the McLaren time, uh, you can argue that with Alonso as well, and you can certainly argue it for Hamilton. You know, he's he's going to retire the most successful driver in Formula One by the looks of it at some point. Yeah, I mean, he said he said this week that he he'd been contemplating taking a taking a sabbatical, you know, sort of Prost style, and he's treating this as a mini sabbatical, so. He says he's recharging his batteries and learning to speak French. See, right. I read, I, I read Not into like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I read into that sabbatical thing that he was thinking about taking a sabbatical, but essentially because of this extended break, he doesn't need one. Now, that's just what I said. Yeah, oh yeah. no, sorry. <clears throat> I thought I, I just the way you say it. I <clears throat> thought you meant that he would. He was thinking about taking a year out in the future. No, he had been thinking of taking a year out and. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's using this as his sabbatical from F1. I think that's probably probably another reason why he's not getting involved in the sim racing. But yeah, with the, with the learning French thing, I think that's um, that's going to put another delay on his album. Or he's off to <laughs> Renault. Well, no, 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 he's definitely definitely delaying on the al- delaying on the album because now he can speak French. He doesn't need to let the funky music do the talking. I am really going to get my cut after that bad girl's quite, yeah, allowed I think that's joke. that's quite a niche reference. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I gave that too much build-up. Don't even see that as a joke. I don't understand. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> I think uh, I got it, but I'm embarrassed to admit that I did. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, have we got anything else? Or do we talk, do we talk about the... Are we the... going to talk about Pantera? Oh, yes, the Pantera team. Yes. Thank you. Thank uh, you. So, yeah, this is the uh, Pantera team of Asia, I think. I think generic Asia. I don't think they've specified a country. Um, they initially, I think, were threatening to come in 2021. That got put on the back burner. Now that the rules change has been delayed, they're back. They reckon they're coming in 2022. They say they're in talks with an engine manufacturer. But they haven't said which one. No. An engine manufacturer. And one of them. Mechachrome, Supertech, Judd. I mean, Play for, life. for Asia, Honda would be the, the natural PR partner, you would think. But Yeah. Depends. It could be from the subcontinent, in which case it's Aston Martin. Yeah, that's an option. Which runs a Mercedes engine. For yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> then again, Renault are gonna have Renault gonna have capacity, aren't they? Because from next year they're down to no customers. Yeah. Pantera Renault. <laughs> Doesn't sound right. <laughs> Doesn't sound right. <laughs> I can't imagine it's, Phil it's... Anselmo roaring his head off inside a Renault Laguna. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it would be it would be interesting to see another team, you know, getting the getting the size of the grid back up to where we used to be. But I don't know. I've kind of been cynical on new teams coming in after the uh, 
after the low budget ones. Haas were a bit of an outlier because obviously they've done everything differently with buying the car in that we've talked about many, many times. And as much as we take the piss, they have had a little bit of success. But, you know, that this, uh, this new entry, they seem to be sort of playing the cards very close to the chest, which is kind of the thing that Lotus Caterham, whatever they were called at one particular moment, HRT and Virgin Man Marusha were doing. Yeah. And it just led to, well, I mean, that, you know, that was Formula, Formula 1C with those, with those three teams. Yeah, basically. Um, they were so far off the pace. Um, but I think we forget just quite how far the, those cars were off the pace. I remember Daniel Ricciardo made his debut in an HRT at Silverstone before he moved to Toro Rosso. And it, it was it was just like, ooh, and Daniel Ricciardo is, is 1.3 seconds off of the car in front of him. Which is impressive. Give it, I was like, how is that impressive? How yeah. is it impressive? One point three seconds. Given so. the fact that the, last week <laughs> the were, car was one point eight seconds off the pace of the one in front. Oh, he's half a second less slow. Yeah, but the, forgetting, you know, obviously we had the the, the year where Manor were the only slow team, and the and we've had a couple of years where Williams have been, you know, off the pace and well at the back. Um, this was three teams that were doing this. <laughs> I I think they they were dangerous those teams especially HRT H HRT was dangerously slow. I just did a Google on uh, Pantera to see if I could find out a little bit more about them, and they have appointed a head of aerodynamics um, as of January last year. Going back through his LinkedIn, he was also head of aerodynamics at Manor and deputy head of aerodynamics at Caterham. They're fucked. <laughs> and is also a senior aerodynamicist, that's a fun word, at Super Aguri. Oh, they are so almightily we, fucked. Right, so basically... Where's it's, Mike Gascoigne? It's gonna yeah, be, I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a brick with an engine attached. <coughs> oh, he's probably... Mike Gascoigne will be on a beach somewhere with far too many like leather bracelets on, spending time <laughs> with 18-year-old students that are on a gap year. I used to work in Formula One, you know. <laughs> with with an open shirt when he goes out for a drink at night. <laughs> yes, <laughs> always an open shirt with a necklace with a shark's tooth on it. No, I was going. I was going to go for either a seashell or a shark's tooth. That's going here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going one of the one of the most respected and ill-fated engineers in Formula One in the 21st century, and we're kind of caricaturing him. You're not, we're not caricaturing him, we're describing him to a T. <laughs> Slightly younger Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Slightly younger? Slightly younger than dead. <laughs> Even I'm, even I'm choking at the horror of that one. Look, at least when you die, you can't get older. Well, yeah, he was slightly younger than Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner is actually dead. <laughs> but before he died, he was old. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, might have been what killed him. What, being old? <laughs> yeah, might have been. Not being alive is usually 100% fatal. Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you can't help but be cynical about 
you know, the, num- the number of times a new team says, oh, yeah, we're going to enter Formula One. How many times has Dave Richards said that ProDrive will be in Formula One within the next two years? Yeah, do you remember that Romanian team we were going to have in 2017, oh, I think it was? Stefan Steph- no. F1, they were going to use, I think they were going to use some like eight-year-old eight Arrows cars or something. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, and then we had... Great. Then there was USGP, which never materialised around the same time as um, Virgin and Caterham and all that lot. And then, well, they were they were meant, they they were were meant ba- to be the fourth team, and then it turned out turned out to be an absolutely massive con. And uh, didn't Pete Windsor get fleeced for an absolute fortune with it because they'd got him as figurehead? Yeah, possibly. And then uh, he, and then um, what happened after that? We had USGP. It wasn't USGP, was it? There was another American team. Who were looking to come in again? Oh yeah, the, the, sometime around about now. Yeah, there was going to be another American team that had got USGP's old factory or something. Something going like to be, that. Going to, you know, another team that was going to be based out of Charlotte in the middle of the NASCAR belt because that's where all like seven thousand NASCAR teams are based. So there's a lot of team headquarters around that area. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've you know we've had all all these false alarms and. You know, every every new team that's come onto the grid, um, with the except with the exception of Haas, shouldn't have wasted the time, money, and effort. And we don't know if Haas think they've wasted their time, money, and effort, do we? We think that that might be a a factor in the next couple of years. Busiest front wing department in F one. Well, they do have <laughs> Roman Grosjean on the team. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know the the num- the number of uh, the number of failures that we've had. I mean, the uh, I was having a chat with having a chat with Sean, virtual Statman, at the weekend. Yeah, and we're talking talking about the what was it the nineteen eighty? It was either the eighty eight or eighty nine Canadian Grand Prix, and the number of absolute no mark back marker teams that were the in 89, there. Eighty nine, yeah. Um, it was. Um, you know, I mean, what was it? Um, Real, Coloni, I mean, Delara putting their own entry in. Yep. And a cat. <laughs> oh, hello. Which one was that? <laughs> that was Dizzy. <laughs> oh, hello. Hi, Diz. <laughs> You're not talking now, Diz. No, she's she's gone quiet. She's oh, she's done. Her, I thought she'd done her bit for this week, but yeah, and you, um, you used to get teams that didn't even last last an entire season. But I mean, that was back in the days where you had to pre-qualify. To get into qualifying, yeah, was did, did, didn't he say was it Real or Coloni that that sold off all their sold off all their stuff to Andrea Moda? I think I think it was uh, I think it was Real because because yeah, <laughs> the the race that we were race that we were having a look at and talking about that was that was the last um, that was the last race that they actually managed to qualify for, and then right. either DNQ'd or DNPQ'd for the rest of the season, vanished and turned up with the name of a. Italian shoe company on being driven by the original Stig. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Ben. <laughs> no, it wasn't Ben. It was Perry McCarthy. Oh, the original Stig. The, ori- Sorry, the original, original, the original Stig. black suit Stig. Yes, the one they yeah. fired off an aircraft carrier when nobody he was going to. The first time that go nobody, public. yeah, the first time that nobody watched Top Gear. <laughs> <laughs> Too harsh. No, no, I didn't it's think. Fine. No, I didn't think so. Um, yeah, so 
new team. Let, let's let's see the uh, let's see the colour of their livery before they, we. They seem to have done some moderate hiring from a scour of their LinkedIn as well. They've got the guy who was the original managing director of SMP Racing as their team principal. Oh, okay. Oh, so they might have some Russian money behind them. So yeah, sort of yeah. Cautiously optimistic that it might be a thing. Mm. Mm. And anything Russian backed when it comes to Formula One always goes fine. I'm looking at Petrov. <laughs> <laughs> Officially, it's an Asian team, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, whichever Asian country it's from will be Russian soon. <laughs> yeah, I can't actually Asia find again, where do, it is. Doesn't, doesn't, have the, doesn't have the greatest Formula One pedigree like any of Asia. I'm trying to think of something, but I'm... Honda? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Honda is, Honda is an entity. Ukiyo Katayama. I don't think drivers is where it's at. No. No. <laughs> what, with Asia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bridgestone. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll give you Bridgestone. You can have Bridgestone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well done, you perfected the boring part of the sport. <laughs> yes, Bridgestone, most remembered for that thing in America where only six of them took part. Yeah, helping Ferrari win championships. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they, they were just doing what the FIA couldn't be seen publicly to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We even called FIA for this is a big long joke and long standing joke. Ferrari international assistance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And who do they who do they go and put in charge? The former team principal Je- from Ferrari, Jean Todt, and his infamous reading well, reading the twitters. <laughs> well, he has it well, printed out for him. At least if modern Formula One has shown us anything, it's the fact that the FIA don't help Ferrari anymore. With Jean Tart in charge, the FIA don't help themselves. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they certainly don't like cover up blatant engine cheating and things like that. No, because there wasn't any. It was in the official document <laughs> yes. that nobody gets to see. Moving, moving swiftly on, we had our uh, our first three legs four wheels organised sim race last night. We did. How the, did it go? The not the not quite five hundred because it was only two hundred and fifty miles. With How hindsight, you, are you happy with the distance that that was the correct decision? I don't think I could have done a five hundred mile around uh, around Indianapolis. Two hundred laps of that would have been a little bit hardcore. I mean, I've I've only been I've only been sim racing for a month, six sort of five six weeks. I think Lee, you're about the same, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And. I mean, there was, there was some, you know, there were some quality, quality drivers on there, people with a lot of experience on sims, like uh, last week's guest, Matt Steele, who helped us set it up, and thank you very much for that, Matt. And um, real-life real former racing driver and um, first person to carry the Three Legs, Four Wheels logo on track, Dave Daddario, took part as well. Oh, excellent. Love to see uh, Dave Daddario back on track. And... Uh, should have watched and with all the experience of those two there was the big one that happened pretty much on turn one and they got wiped out and ended up three laps down <laughs> and this is what yeah. you happens when you let out and out rookies play with you <laughs> 
All, all in all, though, I think apart from like a couple of incidents, the uh, that like driving standard wasn't too bad. It, was... it wasn't like a, a, an awful like a shit show. What I was, I was, I had another penalty I forgot to tell you about as well. I didn't realize on restarts in IndyCar you can't take over on the inside. No, you've got you've got I to work, you've got to got to wait until you pass the line before you can make a pass. Yeah, I didn't realize that, so I got a penalty for that too. Yeah, I mean the the, drive, the driving standard was good. It wasn't my fault that I T-boned Carl Ford. He was parked in the middle of the track, and I was doing, um, you know, I was flat out coming off uh, coming off turn two. Having seen the replay of this as well, I think the person at fault was your spotter because they were just like, "Yeah, slow car, go low." That was not a slow car. That <laughs> that was a massive undersell on what was going on. Yeah, that, that, that was that was a parked car pointing sideways. <laughs> I do. I do know something else about that race, though. Even though we were on different parts of the track, uh, because I, when I didn't have hashtag Team Shunt sorting out my pit stop strategy, I um, I had them spotting you to find out what you were up to, and apparently you did quite the Grosjean under the yellow flags. <laughs> what? Just drive into a wall and blame it on Ericsson? I didn't crash under a yellow. Apparently, you spun all on your own, or crashed all on your own under the yellow flag. Nope, nope. I actually didn't. The only, the only, um, the only, <laughs> the only spin. It's very strange because you were in the pit when you when I went past under those <laughs> yellows. <laughs> no, what actually, what actually happened was I was trying, I was trying to regain a position, and I got two wheels on the grass and barged into somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I kind of ran out of talent. That sounds like quite the Grosjean. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come last. That's up. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah, but it was it was a fan, it was a fantastic night on on iRacing, and I would heartily recommend you don't you don't need a massively powerful PC for it. But uh, as Carl Ford proved last night, you do need a steering wheel, and he did. Um, post a photo on Discord earlier that his wheels arrived today, so he will be able to manage more than four laps in a straight line next, in future. Hope so. Um, well, that would be that would be that would be terrible trying to play it with anything other than a wheel because I tried to set a Corsa with 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 a controller. It was it was rubbish. But if you if it's you can, not, it's not made for it. Yeah, if no. you if you can get your hands on a wheel and you've got um you've got a relatively okay-ish PC, um even a laptop will work, but you do need a monitor or plug it into your telly. Join us on iRacing because we're gonna we're gonna be starting regu- regular races. Don't know whether we're gonna have a league or just regular exhibitions. And both me and Lee have actually discovered being millennials, and we've both opened Twitch accounts and started game streaming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I, you can go and follow me on Twitch at Talkshun, and I'm gonna be streaming my eye racing practice for the next race tomorrow evening about half seven. Yeah, and uh, I'm on. I'm on there three legs, four wheels because I got to the name first. Obviously, if you're if you're not a patron and you're listening on Wednesday, don't go and watch Lee's thing because that will be in the past. You can save. Yes. You can save um, your videos, oh, so you can. You can go, um, yeah, there's a. There's a full replay of the race available on um, my Twitch channel. I think Matt's, Matt's saved his as well. He's Lightning McMufflin. So you can get to see the race from two different points of view. And I've got the replay saved. I'm, I'm going to do this highlights package if I get a chance. Or just become a patron. Or just become a patron. Mm. 
if you're not that's already. What, that's probably what you should do. Yeah. Um, just go to patreon.com slash three legs four wheels and you can sign up there as little as $1 a month. And quite a few, quite a few people have signed up over the last few weeks, and can't, you know, can't thank you guys enough because we keep needing to buy new kit and new hardware and replace new cables, mainly yeah, especially the cables the cable. that we're using. Yeah, extra cables since we did Skype podcasting. Yes. So the... thank you so much for signing up. I know our podcasts aren't really um, chock full, should we say, of, of F1 goodness at the moment, but we do what we can, and we're. Please, we uh, made the decision to keep going. Yeah, and I, I just want to apologise to all the non-patrons for the show being a day late last week because I didn't know at the time that there was a problem with the way that our, our shows get distributed. And um, there was an error there that was caused by me releasing the entire back catalogue and it turned out it was too much for the server that um, does all the distribution of the shows to places like iTunes and Spotify. So it just threw a complete fit and refused to send out last week's episode until Thursday. So that is fixed now. Shows will be back out to being out on time on a Wednesday while we're in the uh, in the break and Tuesday when we get back to normal. And I'm trying to find a way of getting all the back catalogue on there. But they are all saved on the website at threelegsballwheels.com if you want to listen, listen to the old shows, which I know some people are doing. I'm not entirely sure why. Although, as I said last week, um, Galactic Hitchhiker on Discord is going through every total shunt and um, making a making a spreadsheet of who it was and whether we got it or not. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to seeing the results of that. No, I think <laughs> I don't think we'll come out of that incredibly well somehow. I don't know if he's actually gone to the extent of did we have to use the spaffer? That would be cool if it was color coded. You love a colour-coded spreadsheet, don't you, Paul? You cannot beat a colour-coded spreadsheet. I am, I am, I am all about the colour coding on the spreadsheets. Spreadsheets are great. Oh, colour-coded yes. spreadsheets, double great. Oh, I also had to explain to a few people on um, on the Discord chat last week what Spaffer meant. I just sent them the Urban Dictionary link. It's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> right, talking of Spaffers, Lee, could you tell that I was obviously padding there, and I'm waiting for you to say yes. I've definitely got a total shunt in front of me. Yeah, I had it ages ago. I was just listening. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a bloody change. Right, whose is this week's from? Right, this one's from Cammy Hutton, uh, I believe, Fat Perlo on Twitter. Yes. It... Uh... Oh, was he dis- yeah. have, you, have you gone again? No, no, no I think he's still there. Pause for effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, are, are we ready to go? I, I think, think so. I think we are. I I have I have got the got the chat closed in front of me. Yep. No devices around. Chris, you're the same. Yeah, I've just put my phone on on. Oh, well, it's on stun anyway, but on up flip upside down, so I can't use it. Cool. I was born. Yay. On the twenty seventh of July, nineteen ninety. Right. Wow. Okay. So we'll be 30 in a couple of months. Yeah. I am American. American is exciting. Ooh. Hass as an entity, Hass Incorporated. Mm, That's a possibility. I thought they'd been going a little bit longer, but I could be wrong. That's quite likely. I'm I'm not going to lie. This excites me, this one. Um, my father which, which wrestler of, are you? My father is one of the the most known people in the entire world. 
How many of Donald Trump's children go <laughs> racing? Say, is it Donald Trump Jr.? <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> right, going on, going on last week's total shunt, and who that one was. I'm just trying to work out. Does Donald Duck have another nephew that drives a car? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay. I did not expect that sentence to go there. No, I didn't see that one coming. Um, Huey, Huey, Dewey, Louie and Zoomy. <laughs> Zoomy that, would be like it, on top. Isn't it? Isn't it Huey, Dewey and the News? <laughs> <laughs> You're such a square. Ah, that's the power of duck. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, my first thought at sort of 30-ish year old American was Alexander Rossi, but I don't know that his dad is all that famous. His surname is, you never know. I don't think Valentino is his dad. <laughs> <laughs> or the one from Status Quo. I would like a guess, please. I'll bet you would. Um, shit me, I've got nothing. I have, I have not a great deal to go with. No. One of the one of the Andrettis must have been born around about nineteen ninety. Something beginning with M. I don't know. There are others because oh, there was a Jeff, and I think there's a is there a Scott Andretti. Let's go with that. Well, Scott Andretti. I will, I, I will take Andretti as a single entity, generic like the Borg. Andretti, like yeah, like the Borg. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, an Andretti. I think go. this tells us it's not an Andretti. <laughs> we are Andretti. Resistance is futile. <laughs> Uh, I earned a, a Formula D license in 2006. So at 16. Yeah. Now, I don't know what Formula D is, so I don't know whether that is actually a racing series or whether we're talking iRacing. I don't know. I think that that is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, it's, got, it's got to be some kind of open wheel series. It rings a bell. Don't Formula D sounds like a porn parody, if I'm honest. <laughs> it could, Formula, it... Formula E's more exciting cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I I reckon it's some kind of regional F4 or a uh, similar spec to F4, but can't call it, it F4. It might be an American version yeah. or something like that. American version of F4 where they don't pay the FIA licensing fee, so they can't call it F4. Seems logical. I have competed in the NOPI Drift Series. Hey, I think I know who this is. I, I think this is Nick Hogan. What, Paul Hogan's son? No, <laughs> Hulk Hogan's son. I know, I was just, I was just waiting for that. <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with Child Hogan's racing prowess, but... Uh... He's, a, he's, he's a drift racer, and he would have been born roughly around about 1990. And Lee would be excited by it. And I also want to say that uh, I've seen Cammy Hutton talking wrestling on Twitter before. I'm sure. Yeah, Nick Nick Hogan has, has done drift racing. I'm pretty sure he's also done time in prison, but we can skim over that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Formula D is. D is a wing. 
number six. I have appeared in reality TV shows alongside my family. Who knows best? Hogan knows best. And I, <laughs> I, I need a guest, please. I, I think it's Nick Hogan. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue. No, it's, it's sounding good. You go you go with Nick Hogan as the guest. I think so. Yes. Yeah. In May two thousand eight, I was sent to jail for reckless driving. <laughs> 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 Uh, ah, ah. And having a, a a high blood alcohol level whilst <laughs> operating a vehicle. I should apologise. In the middle of that, the cat jumped off my lap, and there was claws. Oh, with claws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Better than the I'll usual trick of a hoof in the foof. Mm, don't want hoof <laughs> in the foof. No. I think I thought you were just preparing to sing Hogan's theme tune. <laughs> I mean, it could have been that as well. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Number eight, I finished third in the NOPI drift series, drifting event in Pittsburgh. In tw- sorry, in two thousand seven. You just called it Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. The, the, the word the words were all over the place. I was kind of putting them together as I re- as I went along. Um, nine photo- photos of uh, of myself were leaked in twenty fourteen. F- photos. I mean, leaked photos are, are generally not not great, are they? <laughs> yeah. No. no. No one ever leaks Christmas photos, do they? No. Like fam family photos at the, at the shopping mall aren't leaked. No. 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 Well, they are. They are at the um, minute. They are at the minute under lockdown shaming. <laughs> but I think this, I think this still sounds in character for what we're thinking. Number 10, my father is a 12-time world champion. Only 12? Yeah, I, I, think think I thought it was more. Well, if you, if you add, yeah, if you add all the WWE stroke WWF and WCW titles together, it's probably about right. Yeah, I, 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 just, thought, I just thought it was more than that. But I, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think that'll be both, actually. The, the thing with Hogan is he had long... I've just told you who it is, damn it. <laughs> We've we've known since like Clue Five. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, but he like he had um, uh, like really long runs. So you think he had more title? Like he, you think he'd have had more like times holding it? But it's just when he did hold it, he held it for a long periods of time. And then Go- yeah. then Gorka got the video, and that's why Gorka don't exist anymore. Oh, sorry, titles. <laughs> uh, took a second I, Chris, Chris do you want to say uh, the words are you Nick Hogan I am the real American Nick Hogan <laughs> slash bowler yes slash bowler I'm a, <laughs> no, it's just, Bal- just Balea, it? oh Balea is it Balea <laughs> but I think the, it's uh, I think it's still I think he changed his name by, by deed poll like I think his name legally is Hogan isn't it as in Hulk Hogan, his name is actually Hogan. I think so. I'm not sure. Nah, Don't it, wouldn't know. Be, it wouldn't be a proper total shunt without a name getting slightly mangled, though. And no, no, of course. You, you got the name of the shuntist 100% correct, so you had to get the name of the shuntee. <laughs> well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, if we're on, if, let's, let's be fair here. 
nobody cares about the original surname of Mr. Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you say that he's got the name of the, of, the, of the shunty correct until you get a message from Santerio Nasty saying that it was actually him. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll all just liquidise that. Oh, that, that, was, that was a good one. Thanks, uh, thanks for that, Cammy. Where do you send your total shunts into? Send me a private message on Twitter or Instagram at a total shunt. That is cool. And if you want to get in touch with the rest of us, you can get us at Three Legs Four Wheels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And individually on Twitter, we are at Sean Cowper. At Flood21. And at Pablo100. And, of course, we've got the Twitch streams as well. I'm Three Legs Four Wheels. Lee is a total shunt. Uh, right, quick Formula Lee results for the Baku race before we wrap things up tonight. It was in the F2 cars, because I'm desperately trying to find races where there's been less than 15,000 on the leaderboard, otherwise we have to do Mercedes every week, and that just gets a bit boring. Um... Still quite a few entries, not as many as normal, mainly because it was Baku in an F2 car, which wasn't brilliant. But we got a top three of Alex Cook with 151.023, Callum Graham 151.005, and winning again is Carl Toomey with 150.568. Need to get some racing tips off this guy. Uh, Next race, now it would be the Spanish Grand Prix this week that we'll be doing. Um, but it looks like there's going to be a Spanish Grand Prix in the, in the actual season when it starts, so we're going to save that. So we're going to have a race that isn't going to be on the calendar this year, and it's going to be Monaco. And cool. it's And it's going to be in a McLaren, the current McLaren, but it's going to be in the wet. Ooh. Because I'm feeling particularly evil. And I, want, and I want to make it so that um, everyone can get in the top 15,000 because I had a look at the leaderboard earlier and there's only 7,000 places on there, so everyone will make it actually on and I'll be able to see all the times. Um, you have got until 7 o'clock UK time on Monday the 25th. It's going to be another two-week challenge. I think that about does it for this week, doesn't it? Wow, Monday yeah. the 25th of May. It's almost the end of May. I don't know. I don't know. Where's, where's this year going? I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bank holiday when we do it. There's going to be no Monaco Grand Prix. There's going to be no Indy 500 no on that day. No start of TT. No start of TT. Which, uh, TT wasn't going to start that week anyway because it, it was meant to be a week later this year. That rings a vague oh, well. bell, actually, yes. But, yeah, we'll be expecting TT. That's not happening. Um, we've still got two weeks before then. We've got to find stuff to talk about, and I'm sure we will. Um, if you're listening, if you're listening now on Discord, um, hang on, and uh, we'll jump on for the usual chat afterwards. Um, yeah, we will. Uh, and otherwise, we will uh, we will see you next week with something. We'll see you later. Stay safe. Bye-bye. See you later, guys. Bye bye.